Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. When you pray, especially when you say the name of Jesus, Satan can't stand that. He can't read your mind. When you're praying in your mind, the enemy, the, the spiritual realm does not know what you're praying. But when you're praying out loud, the spiritual realm is privy to that prayer. And they're very disturbed by that. <laughs> and I like to disturb the spiritual realm when I pray. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. The enemy cannot stand the name of Jesus because he knows he can't defeat him. Pastor J.D. reminds us that the name of Jesus holds power. In the spiritual realm, the name of Jesus is impenetrable and infinite. As his followers, we can call on him in hard times knowing that he will deliver and protect us from all enemies that may come. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. There are those times when it is so important for us, first thing in the morning, just, and it doesn't have to be this elongated period of time, just taking that time and just seeking the Lord and spending time in the Word and spending time in prayer. There have been times, this is many years ago, I remember distinctly uh, on, on days when I would just take that time with the Lord, and the Lord would give me a verse. Sometimes it was, I used to go through the Proverbs because there's 31 chapters in the Proverbs, so one chapter for each day of the month, and then the month that has, you know, maybe 30 days or in February when it's less, you just, you know, read the extra chapters. But without exception, on the 14th of the month, and I'll read Proverbs 14, I can even remember specific verses in Proverbs 14 that speak very specifically. Uh, to the wisdom and the application of that wisdom to situations in your life. And so (laughs) I would, you know, spend the morning, I would read Proverbs 14, I would meditate on it, and then I would go out into my day and invariably, almost without exception, something would happen at like two o'clock in the afternoon and that proverb right there was right there. And had it not been for me in the morning seeking the Lord and preparing my heart for that which was prepared for me, I would have been ill-equipped when that thing hit at two o'clock. I would have totally handled it very differently. (laughs) My sanctification would have fled from me when that happened to me had I not had that time in the morning for the Lord to just really have that time with me and prepare my heart for that which was prepared for me. Now, I should probably point out that Psalm 4 is a psalm about praying in the evening, uh, where David says, you know, I prayed, God heard my prayer, I was able to sleep and actually get a good night's sleep, and I, I knew I was safe. And so he's praying before he goes to bed. Uh, this is something that um, I do, 
And I do it for actually a couple of reasons, one of which is I have a sleeping disorder, uh, which doesn't help. But the other reason is I, I want to get, because I know how important a good night's sleep is. I need that restorative sleep for the next day. So I always pray, and my prayers are very specific concerning my sleep that night. Lord, um, I, I need to get a good night's sleep tonight. Uh, and so will you give me sleep? I think about the Psalms. I think we uh, talked about it last week that the Lord grants sleep to those whom he loves. And so <laughs> my son this morning said he got a really good night's sleep. And I quoted that Psalm and he goes, oh, so on the nights that I don't get a good night's sleep, that means the Lord doesn't love me. I was like, no. <laughs> so I have to go back to that verse and kind of reread it. But no, God knows that we need sleep. And Psalm 4, David is praying. And of course, his, his life is threatened. He has no guarantees. He's going to wake up alive the next morning because they're out to kill him. And he's on the run. He's sleeping in caves. He's basically homeless for several years as Saul is trying to you know kill him. And even when he is king, he's on the run again. Because now this time his son Absalom wants to kill him. And so he fled Jerusalem. He has no guarantees that he can lie down and sleep safely. So he prays and asks God to grant him that sleep. I think ending the day in prayer and time with the Lord. Uh, One of the things I used to do, I don't do it anymore because I guess it messes up your REM sleep, but I would listen to uh, Bible teaching, sometimes worship music. I used to listen to worship music uh, many years ago, and I would actually sleep listening to my uh, MP3 player at the time. Now it's your your phone. Now I'm I'm finding that research is that it's not really healthy to have your uh, cell phone close in proximity to you. You really shouldn't have it there, Even, even the Wi-Fi. All the radiation, you know, you got it right up there to your, to your, you should actually turn it off and put it in a, uh, another room. But, uh, so, but I found that you don't get as, re- but what was really interesting is I wake up in the morning and my retention of scripture was better. And, uh, the, the, cause you, you're actually, do you know, and I, forgive me, I know I'm digressing here, but it's really interesting that your brain is working harder when you're sleeping than it is when you're awake. Here's another uh, interesting research. I was finding out so many things about the brain that uh, one of the reasons for Alzheimer's and even dementia, it's uh, uh, sleep deprivation over a period of many, many years because that's how the brain cleans itself out. It doesn't have the circulatory system as the body does. It's separate. And the, that's why if you don't get a good night's sleep, you wake up the next morning. Did we talk about this? I'm, I'm going to talk about it again. Um, but when you wake up in the morning and you feel real foggy and groggy, it's because all of that cleaning didn't get done, which needs to get done and only gets done when you're in deep REM sleep. And that's why when you wake, when you've had a good night's sleep and restorative sleep and you've had those dreams, you know, where a big marshmallow's chasing you and you wake up, it's your pillow, you know, those kind of dreams, that's that deep REM sleep. That's when the brain is cleaning itself out so you're fresh 
All the waste, all the gook is cleaned out of your brain during the sleep cycles. And that's why when you wake up refreshed, your brain is ready to go. So anyway, I think the best thing to do is to pray at night uh, before you go to bed. And Psalm 5 is about praying in the morning when you wake up. Uh, Sometimes I have a dorky thing I do, and I, I only share it because... You have dorky things that you do too. So, <laughs> but um, I, I, I actually, when I take my feet out of the bed and they hit the floor, I always ask the Lord, "Okay, uh, bless my day today." Sometimes I know it's dorky, but I'll I'll say, "Ah, good morning, Lord. <laughs> Thank you for the good night's sleep, Lord. <laughs> I feel." refresh. Some mornings, not so much. Some mornings I wake up and it's kind of like, instead of saying, oh Lord, it's more like, oh Lord. (laughs) You know, you wake up, you're still kind of, okay. Well, anyway, enough of that. So both Psalms, both Psalm 4 and Psalm 5 speak to the paramount importance of praying continually. The Apostle Paul says, pray continually, not only day and night, but all day and all night, throughout the day and throughout the night. Um, It's that attitude of prayer. Uh, One has called it this conscious, constant communion with God, communication with God. You know, sometimes I'll be, you know, uh, going about my day and I'm just... People think I'm talking to myself. I'm actually talking to the Lord. And, and I, I, I talk out loud. And this is what I want to talk about uh, in a second here. So just bear with me. But I actually will just have this, you know, prayer is not a monologue where I just do all the talking. Prayer is a, a dialogue. I talk to the Lord and he speaks to me chiefly through his word. He responds to me and he, and he speaks to my heart. And so it's this, this constant communication between me and him. I'll just thank him for little things, you know, throughout the day, like a parking spot at Costco Evile. Thank you, God. That was, wow, thank you, Lord. You know, just thank you. And, and actually, I've shared this before. Um, I, I'll, I'll call him Baba. That's Arabic for, you know, father. I'll say, thank you, Baba. Oh, Baba, thank you, Baba. And it's, a, it's an intimate, you know, uh, communication in, in prayer. And, and by the way, I know he loves that. I know that, because I know as an earthly father how much I love it when my children communicate with me like that and talk with me like that, especially when they were younger. I used to just love the sound of their voice. I had somebody tell me when my children were younger, that, that you want to record and videotape their voice when they're young. Because, of course, the voice changes as they get older. And so even now, I even got, uh, uh, this is back in the answering machine days, I got answering machine, uh, you know, messages from my sons when they were little. And I recorded them into an MP3 file. And every once in a while, I'll just listen to them. And it's such a blessing just to hear their voice, you know. And so I, I, I got to believe that if it's like that for me as an earthly father, how much more is that true for our heavenly father? I want to talk about this um, giving voice, this uh, shouting out loud, this talking out loud, and even 
praying out loud, which is what David uh, does here. And he says twice that he lifted up his voice. Now, why does that uh, why is that important? Because, think about this, when you pray out loud, you're hearing your prayer. When you, and, and here's the thing, when you're praying just in your mind, your mind wanders, right? But when you give voice to it, when you pray out loud and, and just talk to him, sometimes in my office I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of walk and talk with him and and uh, when I used to walk the beach, I haven't done that. My wife says, you need to do that again. But I used to just love to walk Kailua Beach and just, man, we, the Lord and I had some great talks. Those are some of the most powerful prayers was when I was walking Kailua Beach. And uh, it might have something to do with being kinesthetic uh, as well. But just, you know, you're, you're, you're talking out loud and you're hearing your own prayer as you pray. I don't want to get too weird here when I say this, and please don't misunderstand me, but Satan hears it too. Again, I don't want you to get on me, but when you pray, especially when you say the name of Jesus, Satan can't stand that. He can't read your mind. When you're praying in your mind, the enemy, the the spiritual realm does not know what you're praying. But when you're praying out loud, the spiritual realm is privy to that prayer. And they're very disturbed by that. (laughs) And I like to disturb the spiritual realm when I pray. And especially when I say the name of Jesus. And sometimes, not repetitively, But I'll just say, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Glory be, all the glory do your name, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, there is no other name. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I thank you. And and whenever I've had people come to me and say, you know, I, I feel like this really heavy demonic oppression, not possession. Again, I think it's probably a good time as any to say that a Christian cannot be demon possessed. If you're born again of the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit indwells, you cannot be possessed by a demonic spirit. Now that's not to say that you cannot be oppressed spiritually. There can be demonic oppression, spiritual attack. And I've had people ask me, you know, man, I just feel like the the spiritual warfare and the demonic oppression is is really you know intense right now in my home and usually you can trace it back to I don't want to get off on this too far but just indulge me usually you can trace it to the kind of music that's being listened to the the paranormal programs on TV that are being watched and a whole host of things and and this this is an invitation to the spirit, the, the, the forces of darkness and the powers of darkness when you do that. You never want to be dismissive of that. But so I always encourage them and counsel them to play worship music loud, <laughs> loud enough so your neighbors hear it <laughs> because the demonic entities can't stand that. And, and to also Pray out loud. 
And say, you know, demons don't shudder when you say, oh God, oh God, oh God. But the name of Jesus is a game changer. The, the demons shudder in fear and tremble when they hear the name of Jesus. Have you ever noticed when you say the name of Jesus that air just stops? When you, when you say, when you bring Jesus into the discussion, it changes the whole complexion of that discussion. You know, when I um, was... Uh, uh, first started my uh, career in sales, I, I got a legal, a.k.a. Uh, JD, because Wahid Farag was kind of hard for people to remember, and you wanted them to ask for you, otherwise you don't get the commission. So I thought, I'll come up with a name, a nickname, a legal, a.k.a., that will give me an opportunity to share my faith when asked. And so, you know, I came up with JD, which stands for Jesus Disciple. And it's actually, to this day, it's a legal AKA, also known as. So here I am in a, you know, sales situation. I've got the customer on the other side of the desk and, and they're looking at my, my business card and, and they, they invariably ask me the questions, what does JD stand for? <laughs> Jack Daniels? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, so I'm going to be bold, right? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I said, no, it doesn't stand for Jack Daniels. It stands for Jesus disciple. Oh, oh pardon my French. <laughs> Well, that wasn't French, what you were saying. My dad taught French. That wasn't French. That word was not a French word, just so you know. <laughs> but all of a sudden, it just changes everything. Changes the whole complexion of that conversation when you mention the name of Jesus out loud. Now, when we give voice to our prayers, we hear our own prayers and in so doing, God hears those prayers as well. One more thing, uh, maybe two more things, but this is concerning how David is first directing his prayer to the Lord. Then after he directs his prayer to the Lord, he looks up after with anticipation, even expectation that God has not only heard his prayers, but that God is also going to answer his prayers. And this too speaks to how prayers that are effective and powerful have both the preparation before it and the expectation after it. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He says, do we not miss very much of the sweetness and efficacy of prayer by a want of careful meditation before it and of hopeful expectation after it? Let holy preparation link hands with patient expectation and we shall have far larger answers to our prayers. Think about that maybe here's the question, and I, and I ask it of myself. When we pray, is there an anticipation that not only has God heard my prayer, but there's even an expectation that God is going to answer my prayer? He maybe already has. I haven't received it yet, but he's already answered it. 
And there's an, there's an expectation, a, an anticipation. I know the Lord's heard. I have this confidence that the Lord has heard the cry of my heart. And he's going to do something about it. He can't not. I know that's not proper English. And, and I say that because of what the Lord said. I mean, think about this. How is it that God is going to give us his son to die for us, take upon him the sin of all mankind and die on that cross, be risen from the dead. God's going to do all of that and he's not going to do that for you. And you fill in the blank. Is there anything that God will not do for you? If he's going to do that for you, wouldn't it stand to reason that there's nothing he wouldn't do for you? And besides, if you're asking God for something that's according to his will, he's going to do it. And, and so the only thing you do then is anticipate in expectation when it is that he's going to do it. Have you ever done this? Try this. Thank God in advance for answering the prayer you prayed. Lord, thank you in advance for what you're going to do. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you're going to do because I know, no, I don't just hope or think that you've heard my prayer. No, I know you've heard my prayer and you're going to move your mighty hand on my behalf because you love me and you will do this for me. Think about when your children cry. Are you not ready to tax the moon and the stars and the heavens and the earth and do everything you possibly can to hearken unto the voice of their cry? And you're fallen. You're fallen. How much more our, our heavenly father, will he not act? Well, again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I want to talk about prayer more. <laughs> I don't think you can talk about prayer enough. But certainly these Psalms are... Uh, all about prayer. So Psalm 6, again, we have a title to the chief musician, this one with stringed instruments, and even more specifically on an eight-stringed harp. Wow. It's a Psalm of David, again, and verse 1, O Lord, this has got a different flavor to it, a different tone to it. Do not rebuke me in your anger nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. 
Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.